here with Mark Ainstead. How's it going, Mark? Uh, it's great to be here. Um, beautiful day here, uh, right outside Washington, D.C. in Maryland. Just hanging out and glad to chat with you and some of your viewers. Hopefully, I can uh, teach them a little bit about what we're doing and hopefully understand a little bit more about what's going on in the blockchain ecosystem and how we are bringing about adoption into the real world. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. So as some context, I was really interested in some of the technology that Mark and his team, he's a contributor to a project called Hydro. And I was really intrigued by the technology that they're using. They're implementing a new, uh, I guess you would call it, uh, would you call it a token, Mark, or it's ERC-1484? What would you consider it as far as like the, the type of technology that you're using? So, I mean, you can call it a token. Uh, everything that's built as an ERC is a token uh, in some form or another. Mm -hmm. uh, but the way that it is built, it is a non-fungible, non-tradable identity token. Uh, you're probably familiar with uh, different types of ERC standards or EIPs that have been built out. Um, yep. Like, I'm a very big video gamer, so I was um, originally intrigued by the ERC-721 and the ERC-1155. Those are some of the uh, non-fungible tokens for um, like in-game assets and things like that, uh, which we will actually um, have some games that are going to be built out uh, utilizing some of that technology and uh, some dApps are going to be using that. Um, but our EIP that we built out called the 1484 is just a non-fungible, non-tradable identity token. Cool. Very cool. So I've actually been dealing with, I'm doing a series on YouTube um, with all NFT projects. So I partnered with like Dapper Labs mm -hmm. and some of the top companies on their ERC-721s. So, and it's such a fascinating space. Um, like having unique and non-fungible uh, tokens is, is really like pioneering something like art. Um, which is just a fascinating space because it's it's all speculative value, you know, associated with different properties and scarcity and all that. So what, um, I guess, backing up a little bit, from a high level, what what is Hydro trying to do? And I know you guys are using this cutting edge technology for identity, but uh, from a high level for everybody that has not heard of Hydro, what is it you guys are trying to do? Sure. So, I mean, if you go to our website, there, I guess, in big bold letters right when you click on it, we are essentially building a global decentralized economy. And we're essentially building out all of these different protocols or smart contracts, whatever you want to call them, uh, that enable people to build different types of applications, decentralized applications, or even modular enterprise grade APIs to essentially utilize blockchain as its backbone or underlying infrastructure. Um, and we're building all of this layer two out as completely open sourced. And it's actually mostly being built out by our community, which is really, really cool. Um, we essentially reward or pay developers in our community to go and build out different products, smart contracts, and things like that to basically um, be a part of building this entire ecosystem 
um, that we are essentially creating. Um, so that's essentially who we are, what we are doing, and how we are trying to essentially bring different types of um, decentralized finance solutions to people anywhere around the globe. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I think a lot of people in in the space, um, in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space as a whole, are really by and large trying to go after the unbanked. I think that that is like such a, I won't call it low hanging fruit, but it is people that you know often in the United States where we live, we don't really think about how disruptive and life changing on your daily routine in a different country it is like all of this technology. Uh, we just have an abundance of it here in the United States, but um, in different countries, it's just like a tectonic shift in, in like, as far as increasing the value of, of uh, you know, your daily life. Agreed. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. And like uh, we have a lot of people from uh, Southeast Asia, especially from Indonesia, Singapore, um, as well as different countries in Africa, um, especially Nigeria. We have a really, really big hub there. Um, and those are a lot of the obviously big target markets for uh, unbanked people that have a lot of these issues. And believe it or not, I mean, I don't know where you're from in the United States. Myself, I'm in, I would call a fairly, um, basically consider myself in downtown DC at this point. But uh, in the United States, there's actually a really decent amount of people that are actually underbanked. Uh, which is surprising to many people. Um, yeah. In urban U.S., there are very limited banking solutions, and uh, many of the solutions that you have require massive fees. And that's one of the big issues with a lot of the different, um, I guess you can call them SAAS or SaaS solutions that are out there and um, products that people are offering. They just have massive, massive fees and are essentially preying on a lot of these people that just don't have any other options. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, it is, it is bizarre that there are unbanked slash underbanked in the United States. It's, it's just such a crazy thought, but it does exist. And part of what we're trying to focus on with the sound money podcast, or what I'm trying to focus on is technology and how hyper lean companies are, are, are using technology. So how big is the Hydro team? I know it's contributor-based, which I love. Uh, I've covered you know, a couple of DAOs so far on, on the podcast, which I love that concept. So uh, how big are you guys, and, and where is everybody based? Sure. So our, our team that basically essentially manages and runs the open source project uh, is essentially distributed all around the globe. I actually didn't meet any of them until about a month and a half ago. Uh, and I've been with the team for almost a year now, and I still haven't met half of the team, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, but we are, I believe, 23 strong right now. We are actually building out our team right now um, and actually adding team members. Uh, we have a community of about, I don't know, like 11 or 12,000 people on Telegram. Um, and we have essentially contributors or developers, just people bringing different aspects to the table for the project, whether it's for content creation, coding and development, or essentially bringing around different types of 
integrations or partnerships or things like that from the community. So it's um, really exciting what's going on and uh, something I'm, I guess, very passionate about and proud to, to be involved with. Nice. Yeah, I, I love the, the contributor concept is like, it's almost taking the open source mentality to like a, uh, an organization, like a business. <laughs> and and uh, in a way, it's quite unstoppable um, because if there's not really in a singular entity in one location, not on one server, very much similar to how these decentralized networks work. So that's great that you got to meet everybody. Um, I know that some of these companies are like so massive with the amount of contributors that not everybody gets to meet and they're always going to be the anonymous um, like <laughs> I, icons on GitHub and whatnot. Yeah, GitHub and then on the website, it's just like their picture of their GitHub account. I've, I've seen way too many like that and I, I think it's actually kind of funny. Um, I, yeah. I it's typically, a lot of the, the privacy coins uh, or projects that, that ends up happening. Um, but I, I, I'm a huge fan and advocate of the open source, um, just getting different people from a community to help out in, in any type of form or fashion, because um, honestly, we would be nothing without our community, and especially the developers and people in our community, mainly because they do most of the development, uh, which is really, really awesome. And um, I, I'm a very big advocate of all of the different projects, not just Hydro, but there are many that are doing it in some form or fashion. Um, basically operating in a DAO, uh, which is what we are doing uh, within our, essentially our core team or the Hydro Labs team, um, and how everything is basically managed because some organizations do it in one way or another. Everyone has like their, their way of like mixing in the ingredients to get some um, product out of the oven. I don't know if that was a very yeah. good, um, but everyone has their, their way of doing things. And, um, I, I just, I think it's really, really cool to see how everyone is able to make an end product and make it essentially something that people can use. Uh, Cause we have so much code and tech, but for the most part, probably have 10, 15 million people in the entire crypto space so yeah you got a heck of a long way to go <laughs> yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right there's like a, a chasm that needs to be crossed where there's like all these developers and then they just if you build it they will not come that that mentality is really not a you need some some bridge there as yes. far as like how how the DAO functions can you can you describe a little bit about that like if someone's watching or listening to this um, that works in a traditional business setting, which is the majority of, of people. Um, can how how do you wrap your head around like do you put forward proposals and then people edit it and and then it gets funded? Can you can you talk a little bit about that, how that works? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you want to build out a DAO because uh, for those of you who don't know what a DAO is, it's a decentralized autonomous organization, and you can basically go and create a DAO and any form or fashion, you can have all of these different kinds of voting rights, 
uh, whether it's in an SME or an MNE, which is a multinational enterprise. Um, I don't believe there are any that are actually using a DAO in that aspect, but hopefully we will see some in the coming years. Uh, but you can build all of these different types of tools into how a DAO functions, whether it's for skill sets or different things like that. So you don't have just like an average Joe voting for a policy when they have absolutely no clue what's going on with that. So it's like, um, and us being in the United States, we have different policymakers in DC who are voting on all of these things, especially in technology, who have absolutely no clue what effect it has. We saw the interview with Mark Zuckerberg and all the congressmen and women, and they were absolutely clueless. And so you can have a DAO operate, so people who have a better understanding about uh, different industries or aspects to have a higher weight in voting. So the outcome can be um, basically proven by their knowledge and understanding of a different industry. Obviously, you can have it where everyone has an equal vote, uh, which is essentially just a very basic form of a DAO. And the way that we essentially built it out is where we have different types of proposals. And um, for example, we had our, our bylaws uh, that we released, I believe it was last December, uh, which took about a month of just proposals, edits, and basically going through and figuring out how we wanted our entire organization to function and how we wanted people to operate within our organization because you can have a DAO, but still have some form of hierarchy. So um, last winter, we basically released this uh, bylaws, or this document that we called the Hydro Bylaws, where we basically went through and we all voted on it, agreed to it, and essentially created a quote-unquote legislature for how the organization and DAO is to function. And for example, if someone isn't really doing their job, we basically like put them on probation, we have to vote for it, and do all of these different types of things. Uh, for example, we actually have a vote coming up, um, I believe this month, and essentially everyone essentially loses their position um, at the vote and everyone applies for a position that they want within the organization. And whether it's like a, like a business development lead or to be a technical lead, a financial lead, or a manager in all of these different areas. So every six months, mm -hmm. someone new can go in and take that role. So let's say someone isn't doing a very good job of operating within that position. The entire team can basically go through and say, we want someone new, someone else can apply, and very easily get into that position. It, just as easily as they can lose it, essentially. Um, and I will say there are a lot of pros to a DAO, but are definitely some cons as well. Uh, when you're looking at something with a, um, I guess in the military aspect, it's a very um, top-down model. I forget what the term is. I think it's in, um, it'll come to me in probably 10 minutes when it won't matter. Uh, but essentially the way that it works in many military um, organizations. Uh, for example, if you're in the United States, like the Navy, Army, um, Air Force, things like that, your 
uh, boss or whoever is above you basically directs you what you need to do and makes all of, all of the decisions within that, um, I, I guess, layer of an organization. And you see that with many massive enterprises like Amazon, Facebook, Google, they're all essentially a top-down model for the most part. And the CEO, CTO, CFO, and all of those people make all of the major decisions. And the way that it works with a DAO is basically everyone can be in a part of a decision-making process and have their fair share in the outcome of a vote. Now, there are some downsides to that. Obviously, when you're going and getting everybody's opinion, when everyone is distributed around the globe, it can take some time. So it can't be like a CEO making a decision, all right, we're gonna go and do this right now, get it done. When it's in a DAO, it's like, okay, I've made this proposal, let's get some edits, let's try and finalize it, and sometimes that can take hours, if not days, sometimes weeks, to really finally hash things out and uh, make it function how you want it to. Um, so there is a little bit of a, I guess, a time issue in terms of a DAO, getting things, um, I guess, accomplished internally. Uh, so that's always one thing that will probably keep it from, I guess, adapting into uh, massive organizations just because of different time differences and, um, and, and things like that. Sometimes it just doesn't get through right away because, I mean, like I'm someone that likes getting done stuff, getting things done quickly and efficiently. And it's like, okay, I have to put this proposal out and get the team's feedback and have them vote on it. Hopefully they all agree to it because then you don't have to deal with that. Um, and then go through, make edits, and then propose it again. Um, so that's essentially how a DAO functions. It can be a little bit confusing when you essentially just jump into it, but honestly what tech really isn't. Uh, but it's really, really interesting and, and revolutionary um, things that are basically being brought to the table. Uh, so it, it's, um, I, I'm personally very interested about how all of that uh, operates and um, how it's basically going to be used over the coming years, whether it's just in blockchain organizations or uh, like real world companies that we see on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested to see how that, um, I guess, that adoption comes about. Yeah, yeah, and just the, the so if, for example, if I wanted to go full-time and work at Hydra, let's say I'm, I'm listening to this podcast right now or watching this on YouTube or whatever it may be and I wanna get involved in Hydro, is, is it every month that I kind of feel that I, I have to show my value, like I'm held accountable. So I, every month I have, just like you said, equal, equal opportunities to the point where I could lose my position at Hydro, but I could also, if, I, if I'm performing, I could keep it. So everyone's kind of held accountable, right? So yeah, there's all these different types of checks and balances within it, uh, which is, um, I, I think it's really, really cool to see how that functions. Um, and 
anybody is welcome to apply and uh, be a part of the, I guess, the Hydro Labs team. Yeah. Um, is, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but it's essentially the organization that manages and runs the, uh, the open source side of things within this project. Uh, so anybody is welcome to join. We're always taking applications. Um, I will say it's a little bit of a backlog right now. Um, it's kind of rough for our HR department, um, but which is, I guess, a good problem to have. But um, yeah, so anyone is, is welcome to join. Um, I know we are currently building out our solutions team. We're bringing on a bunch of new developers. We just brought in uh, two this past week. And I, from a rough um, organizational chart, I believe we wanted to push towards around 60 uh, by the end of the year. So Got that's it. a whole game plan. So each, each month, all 60 will be putting in a proposal to the community? Or is it more like quarterly for someone like a developer? Do they get funding all at once for a quarter or is it unlocked? And, and that's all kind of governed by the, the bylaws, right? Like that's... So it, it depends on, on how it functions. There are different KPIs that people can be rewarded for. So uh, for example, we have a sales team. So if someone goes and gets like a massive tech partnership, they get a pretty nice chunk of money in their pocket yeah. for bringing that um, to the table. For example, if someone is going and building out a smart contract, because we have a whole list of open bounties for developers in the community, they can go and complete those bounties and basically be indirectly be a part of the team or just contributing to the open source uh, network. Um, people can be a part of like the Hydro Labs team, something that I'm a part of, and essentially be paid in Hydro on a monthly basis and basically are part of governing what's going on, being a part of votes, um, and essentially doing all of the normal tasks within an organization. Um, I should say that it is definitely not, shouldn't be considered a full-time position. There are pretty much, most of the people are putting in uh, 40 to 50 hour plus weeks on top of what they're already doing, uh, mostly because it's, basically driven by how much passion that they have for the project and, and what we are doing. Um, because what we're getting paid definitely isn't <laughs> a living wage. Um, so that's essentially how we're operating and uh, what we are essentially bringing to the table. And all of the tokens that these people are paid out, they're completely unlocked. So anyone is welcome to do with them as they please. They can use them within the ecosystem. They can hold on to them. I mean, if they wanted to, they're welcome to sell them. They earned it. It's their money. Um, but for me personally, all of the, I guess, money that I've accrued, I've basically held on to because I'm personally a very big advocate in, in what we are doing. Uh -huh. And everyone is welcome to do however they please within that, uh, that whole ecosystem uh, because it's, I would consider it a little bit different than how everyone else uh, operates, mostly because we've never done an ICO or VC funding or anything like that, which is 
very difficult in of itself uh, to have any type of product or type of tech released. Uh, so we're completely self-funded. So uh, if there's anyone out there that wants to get involved with that type of organization, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say it can be tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, all the power to you guys. And, and also, I mean, there's something to be said and it, it's a little bleak thinking that the mission isn't going to work. Cause I, I definitely think you guys are doing amazing things, but everyone that's operating in a DAO right now is pioneering a new organizational structure beyond like the, it's like innovation squared. You guys are building, building intense technology that's bleeding edge. But then on top of that, you're operating in a new way that's completely new to the business world altogether, making decisions together, using consensus. And it's just such a, beyond everything, if, if let's say something crazy happens and an asteroid hits the offices that everybody's contributing on and, and, it, and the mission fails, you've still pioneered a new way of like moving a cohesive goal together, which is super um, worthwhile in my opinion, because that's, that's what people 10 years from now are going to look back on and say, this team of 60 people moved the needle this far without having this like one head honcho at the top and no hierarchy kind of structure, um, which I think is, is, is worth contributing to. Um, on its own for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate the kind words and I mean, hopefully they're not only yourself, but hopefully people that are listening uh, potentially want to get involved and uh, in my opinion, be a part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, yeah. That's essentially how I look at it. Uh, cool. Yeah, uh, basically all of what's going on within like, I guess an organizational structure uh, in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, definitely an innovative, innovative structure. So as far, we've gone over team, we've gone over um, kind of the structure of how things are going. I saw that there were phases. Um, there were phases. Can you, can you dive a little bit into that? That's just basically the roadmap, right, of where you guys are at and where you're going. Can you talk a little bit about what, what that's like? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, uh, we are essentially a, a platform to build different types of products or even smart contracts. Uh, on our different types of um, protocols and things like that. And these different phases are essentially uh, protocols or smart contracts to build different types of solutions. Uh, for example, we have Raindrop, which deals with authentication. We have Snowflake, which deals with digital identity management. We have ICE, which deals with uh, file management. And then we also have Tide, which is an entire suite of different types of payment protocols or smart contracts to build into different types of payment solutions or just solutions in general. Uh, we also have a smart contract or protocol for security tokenization, which is called HAIL. And then we also have a phase which we haven't really started yet, called MIST, which deals with artificial intelligence. Um, that'll probably be done later this year. We haven't really released too much details about what MIST is going to be. Uh, we're essentially in the architectural stages of that with how we want that to function uh, within the ecosystem and outside of the ecosystem. 
Uh, but everything else that we or that I've mentioned, whether it's for authentication, uh, DID management, FMS payments, and security tokenization, all of that is either finished or currently in development. Uh, so basically over the last year and a half, we've been building out all of this low-level infrastructure. And currently we are in the stage we are, where we are going and building out different types of products or uh, flagship products uh, on top of these protocols. Um, so there's a little uh, release that we made earlier this summer or spring, excuse me, that goes into all of the different things that we are going over uh, this summer. And um, if you basically go and pull that up, uh, you can see some of the different products, which include um, HydroPay, which is the first permissionless, gasless P2P payment application. Uh, we have HydroX, which is a remittance payment application. We have the DAP store that we are releasing. So it's basically going to be like a, um, an iOS store, but for different types of decentralized applications on our platform or um, for different types of solutions that are built on our platform. Uh, we have Hydro Vault, which is basically going to be a cryptocurrency wallet with um, our 2FA solution built into it. We have a partnership with Chainlink for Hydro Vault. We have some in the works for pretty much all of the other solutions right now, which we are hoping to work out and get announced at some point in the future. Uh, but for Hydro Vault, we are working with Chainlink and their Oracle nodes. Uh, and then we also have Hydro Drive, which is basically a file management system where people can go and create, encrypt, uh, send, transfer, stamp files, and do all of these different types of things uh, using an IPFS node. Um, so that's essentially the brunt of what we are doing over the coming months. Uh, definitely a bit busy to say the least. Yeah. But um, really excited about all of these different things that we're uh, working on and releasing. Great. Great. Well, um, thanks so much for coming on the show. Where, where can people find you guys? Um, for sure. Uh, we can, I mean, you can go and find us on Twitter or Telegram or Facebook um, or even shoot me an email or chat with me on Telegram if you want. Um, our Telegram is Project Hydro. Our Twitter is at Hydro Blockchain. Our Facebook is at Hydro Blockchain, or you can just type in Project Hydro. And um, hope to see you guys either on Telegram, shoot us an email, and um, talk with some of you guys soon. And hopefully you've learned something new. Hearing to me kind of um, babble on about what's going on, but I hope you guys have learned something. and. Um, Talk to you guys soon. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Mark. No problem.